Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. It's November, lovers, our annual discussion of films that, despite our best efforts, have increasingly little to do with film noir, but nevertheless, we persist. This year, we have two mysteries from Bollywood's resident sleuthsayer, Sujay Ghosh. First up, a pregnant Vidya Balan travels to Kolkata to investigate the disappearance of her husband in 2012's Kahani. Then, while looking into the disappearance and eventually murder of Karina Kapoor's ex-husband, Vijay Varma crosses paths with an old college friend, Jaidi Balawat, in 2023's Chani John. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, home to First Nations and Métis people. It's November, Matt. It's uh, it's our favorite time of year where we dig into one of our favorite topics on... I, I, I don't know if it's one of our favorite topics on this podcast, but it's one of our favorite modes in cinema, film noir. You know what? I will say that our increasingly desperate quest to find movies that fit this criteria and the hopelessness that this engenders in me... That's noir, baby. Yeah, we, we are. <laughs> We're living in a film noir. We are. Even though we can't find any movies to do it anymore. <laughs> we are some noir heroes who, you know, we continue to to grapple at. <laughs> trapped in a labyrinth. What? Trapped in a sexy prison in which we cannot escape? Uh, well, I mean. Is that what she said? I wouldn't. So that's a, that's a reference um, to uh, a woman called Fujiko Mine. I think that's a pretty noir TV show. Uh, that is a noir TV show, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's neo noir. Yeah. I, I would give you that. Is it, um, is it a sexy prison from which there is no escape? or? I think it is a sexy prison prison from which it's, there is no escape. But I, I like your theory that, uh, you know, as we as we try every year to put this episode together, that we become more and more... Kind Embittered, of, hard-boiled. Yeah. We yeah. become more entrenched in, in, in noir ourselves, Should... and we keep grappling with the darkness to try and find things uh, that that we that we think are worth talking about it's getting very uh, existential year, should we should we pour year. some straight whiskeys uh i mean we could i mean i did that yesterday and fell asleep at eight o'clock so yeah so maybe not i need you to stay awake for this yeah, episode need to, we need to af- whiskey after uh so noir vember is kind of an annual event for cinephiles around the world uh where people watch film noir <laughs> maria gates started it right yes. yeah maria gates old films flicker on twitter or x uh she her bio says that right now she's at the playlist new Ebert voices, uh, etc. So she's doing, she's writing. Yeah. Cool. Um, well worth a follow if you know you like old movies like we do. Yeah. Uh, so. And at, she'll retweet anything that says hashtag November on it. Yeah. Too. At this point, we have kind of exhausted. Uh, all of the films that we've been able to find that are in Hindi that are kind of. That have noir aesthetic, um, both with subs, with yeah, that we've been able to access with the subtitles. So um, we're talking talking about both films that were kind of made after the Hollywood film noir period, as well as neo noirs. Now I don't I don't think uh, Bollywood is going to stop making neo noirs anytime soon, but I no, think they do a lot of them. We've probably exhausted a lot of the classic stuff, yeah. um, and this episode we are going to be talking about some modern things. Um, but first, every year we 
have to dispel the rumor that film noir is a genre. It is not a genre. It is a mode or an aesthetic. Crime is a genre. Hard-boiled Thriller is a genre. Thriller is a genre. Yeah. Detective is a genre. A lot of films noir do feature those, you know, are films that are set in those genres. Um, but noir itself was not an intentional movement. Uh, it was kind of discovered after and coined after the fact by a bunch of French film critics who were watching Hollywood movies and found these connections. Yeah. Now, you could conceivably na- make a noir movie about a children's clown. <laughs> you could, yeah. I mean, that's kind of death to smoochy, right? Uh, I've never seen death to smoochy. Oh. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, I would potentially argue that neo-noir is a genre because unlike traditional film noir, uh, it it is conscious of what it's doing and it yeah. is uh, actively... It, yeah, it's self-conscious of what it's doing. Um, and, you know, the people making neo-noir are making it within the context of noir. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of quickly... Would you say that... Um, the original films noir would be considered almost outsider art? No. Why not? I mean... The They're made outside of the studio system in a lot of cases. It's like Poverty Robe pictures, and uh, they didn't actually know... The Maltese Falcon is not made outside of the studio system. Sure, but like Detour is. And sure, yeah. Ida Lupino pictures. Like, it kind of... It's, it's a sort of thing that kind of... The people involved didn't... Sunset Boulevard is not made outside sure. the studio system. Not all of them, but some yeah. of them, like, I, I think you could consider it as a kind of American uh, indigenous art form that was kind of unknown at the time. But I'd also argue they're not all American. I mean, The Third Man... Influenced by a bunch of American movies. Yes, but it's a British film. Features Orson Welles in it, <laughs> who made Touch of Evil. Yes. So, would know a fair amount about film noir. And Joseph Cotton. Yeah. Uh, no, I I would not consider it outsider art. I, yes, yes, some films noir were made outside of like the studio system, but no. But like outside the the typical definition of outsider art is art made by someone who is not like trained as an artist. No, I I I mean like Fritz Lang, um, you know he was making classic films noir, um, and he is like the definition of kind of I mean he invented the system. <laughs> yeah, you know. But again, they. They were not self-consciously like making M is this. Thing. Obviously, a precursor to yeah. noir. Like German expressionism is a precursor to noir. But and then did we see like, any M merch when we were there? In in Berlin, yeah. I mean the, the M. I mean it came up, but I don't think we. I don't specifically not not merch, but like any artifacts. Yeah, I, I don't specifically remember an artifact. It would have been from sweet to see M. the M jacket. <laughs> yes, um, but obviously it was it was featured. Um, yeah, and like filmmakers like. Lang and and Wilder, obviously they when they came to Hollywood, they took their aesthetics from their expressionism, yeah, from German filmmaking and and put that into Hollywood, which is part of how we get noir. Arguably, their relationships with women, but they were yeah, they were working in the studio system. Because uh, like if Thea, von, is, if Thea von Harbu is your ex wife, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna have a sort of distorted view of women. I think. Yeah, I think so. Has anyone ever dug um, into that? <laughs> I'm sure they have. Yeah. I mean, like. People have written... Like a, like a real-life film femme fatale. Mm, yeah, I mean, like, people have been writing about Lang, yeah. you know, for 
since they were writing about since they started writing about film people have been yeah. writing about Fritz Lang um, okay this is like we got wildly off track um, but I feel like every episode we do have to kind of put that at the top um, I know some people consider film noir genre and I'm just not one of those people and I well, I need I think to put I, that on the table I think I've said it before but like if you wanted to make noir genre it would have to be so self-reflexive it would be kind of off-putting like that's what, that's what neo-noir is. No, I mean, but, I wouldn't oh, say that, neo-noir is off-putting, but me, neo-noir is made with an awareness of No, what I'm saying is if you, like, Frank Miller's Sin City is right. trying to make noir genre because it's, right. like, so black and white in its visual style mm-hmm. with occasional color, but, like, so abstract. Yeah. And the stories are so kind of elemental and not really stories that it's kind of just trying to make an aesthetic into a story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I would disagree with that. Uh, okay. So the now two- that we've alienated everybody <laughs> in true noir style, the two films we're going to discuss, I would not call them necessarily straight up neo-noir. No. However, I do think they both have noir elements. I would say that the story of Kahani uh, has some some noirish twists, while the visual style of Johnny John in what is it, Darjeeling, that or uh, Dalhousie? No, it's um, Kalimpong. Kalimpong, West Bengal, but like a misty, dark, forested area. Mm-hmm. It's kind of kind of from noir. Yeah, I think I think the setting of both of these films and the location photography, I think like that's where you really get the noir elements, but I don't think these are particularly noir characters. No, they're, uh, I would say Jaidi Balawat's character is kind of verging on it, but everyone in Kahani is pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. Maybe Nawazuddin Siddiqui's guy has a noirish disregard for human life. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these are both directed by Sejoy Ghosh. Uh, we previously discussed his film Aladdin from 2009. <laughs> you had to get me when I was taking a drink of water. Uh, Another very not noir film. Yes, uh, which was a, a. It did feature a dark carnival. It did feature a dark carnival, like Carnival and, of Souls. Um, it had Amitabh Bachchan rapping. It's also where you developed your uh, nickname for Ratnapathic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ratna Pesnack? <laughs> yes. Uh, Aladdin is a ride. Uh, we we have done an episode on it, um, but it was a big failure. Um, and it wasn't... Because people don't like Ritesh Deshmukh as a main character? It's, I mean, again, it's also like, it's a wild ride. It is, yeah. a, it is a strange film. So, so He's good I... as an evil guy in uh, Egg Villain 1. I guess. He was pretty good. I, 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 have, yeah. I have nothing positive to say about that. That movie was not very good, Although but I thought if, he was fine. if you want to talk about, um, about neo-noir, that's where you're going to find it right now is South Korea. Yes. Um, and I saw the devil. I would consider neo-noir, but I don't want to talk about Ek Villain. Uh, anyways, uh, he was an independent filmmaker who uh, you know moved over into Bollywood uh, and didn't have a lot of success until Kahani in 2012, uh, which you know completely has changed the trajectory of his career. And mm-hmm. I would say that while I haven't seen all of Sujoy Ghosh's films. I haven't seen his um, his work earlier to Aladdin. Uh, but I feel like since Kahani, he's been chasing 
that high and he's mm-hmm. been chasing that success. So in 2016, he had Kahani 2, Durga Rani Singh. Uh, he also produced Teen in 2016, which is another South That's Korean. A good movie. It's and another South Korean remake. Teen had some noirish elements, as I recall. Yes, that's yeah. why I wanted to mention it. Uh, he made Budla and Typewriter in 2019. We've done an episode on Both Typewriter. Of those. We, do, we talked about Budla in a year-end review, too. And we've talked about Budla. Um, Budla is a remake of a Spanish film yeah. um, that it's... also has kind of some of the same the same elements as Connie in that it like really uh, kind of it has a big twist at the end that kind of has the audience you know questioning everything that has come before. I have found everything since Kahani somewhat unsatisfying. I do, I will give props to, to Teen. I, I enjoyed Teen. But diminishing um, returns. But I think there's been diminishing returns, and I think it's notable to me that like Budla and now John A. John are adaptations of uh, kind of popular international mysteries. So mm-hmm. John A. John is an adaptation of a Japanese mystery. Budlo is the ap- adaptation of a Spanish mystery. Uh, and it just kind of... I kind of feel like Sajoy Ghosh maybe had like the one twist in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and, and Teen is an adaptation of a of a South Korean... Another sort of revenge film. picture. Yes. So I feel like he had like the one... And we will get to it with Kahani. The one twist in him with Kahani, uh, and since then, like he's he's been uh, adapting, you know, like these mysteries that have worked well, yeah. um, that have been developed in other cultures. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Do you have uh, any overarching opinion based on these? Oh, and and he has uh, he has acted. Uh, he made his debut in the ben- in a Bengali film where he played Biomkesh Bakshi in 2013's Sachan Bashi. He didn't do Gaslight, did he? No. Okay, because it kind of feels like his late period work. Mm-hmm. Johnny John was much better than the Gaslight. Gaslight, the director of Gaslight, also did Phobia. Oh right, yeah, yeah. that was a letdown because Phobia, very good. Yeah, Gaslight. Not so good. No, not so good. Anything you want to say off the top, Matt, about Sajoy Ghosh before we get into discussing his films? Well, we were talking off mic, and you said that um, anecdotally, the story of Kahani, the big twist kind of came accidentally. Yeah. And that's the sort of thing that you're going to be chasing that high forever. If If the best twist you ever had in a movie just came out of nowhere, you're going to try all kinds of stuff to get that. Yeah. Um... But we also kind of thought that it is that I don't know if it came out, like, necessarily accidentally, but it wasn't initially part of the idea for the story and then was suggested to him uh, and then, you know, became a part of the story. I don't want to say, like, on set at the last minute they decided to. Like, I think it was... It would be a pretty elaborate... By the time Vidya saw the script, I think it was in there. Okay. It would be a pretty elaborate thing to bust out on set. (laughs) Um, But we're also saying he kind of has an M. Night Shyamalan flavor where his early success was so groundbreaking. Yeah. Not Aladdin, but Kahani. Like, was so good, and everyone loved it, and was kind of predicated on a cool twist that everyone saw coming. Right. And then he's kind of chasing that high. I mean, Shyamalan has kind of come back lately by doing um, still twisty, but not as dependent-type films now. He's kind of come back to doing, like, movie-long Twilight episodes, which... Twilight Zone. Sorry. (laughs) 
Yes, Twilight Zone episodes, which is a is a mode that I really I really like. I'm not Shyamalan. Yeah. Um, it's a mode I think he really excels in uh, versus kind of the. Um, like after earth and avatar the last airbender just like i think he yeah he's he's better when he's like doing a a tighter more contained like story one movie star yeah that's all you need um and you saying rupert grint is not a movie star yeah i am (laughs) uh and uh Shyamalan also um he did his like superhero trilogy which are good but i'm glad he's not doing any more of them yeah so hopefully they don't make Split 4 or whatever. Yeah. It's, I, it, it ended on a pretty, like, definitive note. I don't think it's necessarily, like, the simplest or most direct comparison that you can make. Because I think there's a lot of things that Shyamalan does with genre that I don't think Ghosh does. But I do think in terms of having this big success that is predicated on... A plot twist. Yeah. Um, and then... You're going to chase it forever. Yeah, trying to replicate that. And, you know, just... It's it's kind of... It's kind of disappointing. And I'm not necessarily trying to say that, like... He's trying to necessarily replicate that. But maybe that's what's expected. Like, that's what audiences expect from well, him. You know? Like, I don't know what the press around Kahani was. But for... Well... <laughs> well, you, okay, you'll get to it. But, like... But for um, The Sixth Sense, like, they were literally saying... Here's the next Spielberg. Yeah. Like, that's going to yeah. drive you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Kahani came out in 2012. The title means story. Directed by Sajoy Ghosh. Starring Vidya Balan, Parambrata Chatterjee, Nwazadeen Siddiqui, Saswata Chatterjee, and Indranil Sengupta. Uh, the film was critically acclaimed and eventually became a hit at the box office. It was very much a word-of-mouth film. Uh, didn't necessarily start out as a big splash, but as more people heard about it, more people started to go see it and, you know, kind of what they would call like a sleeper hit. Mm-hmm. It was nominated for six film Flower awards and it won five, including best director, best actress, best editing and best cinematography. Hmm. I would say like those Dessert, are all yeah. things I praise about this film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it also won three National Film Awards, Best Screenplay, Best Editing, and a Special Jury Award for Nawazuddin Siddiqui. However, I will note that uh, this was also for work in other films, including Gangs of Wasay Pure and Talaj. Deserved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great, great era. He's a of, national treasure. Of Nawazuddin Siddiqui. I He's mean, the I don't, Walton Goggins of India. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Nawazuddin Siddiqui like has had a bad era necessarily, but that's like those are those are some those are some highs. Well, it's definitely a step up from being like in New York, where he's just like a prisoner who gets abused by the U.S. government. Yeah. Like he actually gets stuff to do. Yeah. Uh, the film has been remade in Tamil and Telugu, and there is an English language remake that has been announced uh, with Danish director Niels Arden Oplev, who was the director of the girl, the Swedish version of the girl with the dragon tattoo. All three of them, like um, the trilogy. I think he only did the first one. Oh, interesting. Uh, Those were difficult films. This was supposed to start shooting in 2015. I haven't heard anything about it, so it's coming on 10 years. That's I don't. Think I it's I don't know if it's happening. Yeah. Um, a spiritual sequel came out in 2016, Kahani 2, Durga Rani Singh, uh, which is why I initially watched Kahani. <laughs> oh, so you watched the new one, you're like... Yeah, I watched... No, I watched Kahani 
in 2016, right before I saw Kahani 2, because I didn't, at the time, I don't think I necessarily realized that um, Bollywood sequels were often spiritual sequels, and so I thought I should be up on the plot. Yeah. And I remember being floored by Kahani, thought it was amazing. And then, like, the next day... Did I watch it with you that time? No. I watched it by myself, and then yeah. later on, you and I watched this. this yeah, because we watched it without a podcast episode yeah, like a long time ago. Exactly. Yeah. And so this will be, which is why I think we discussed it before, but we haven't. Mm-hmm. So this time around is the third time I've seen the film. Uh, anyways, so I like was, I watched Kahani in preparation for Kahani 2. And you couldn't and stay awake during Bob Biswas. And then I was so disappointed by Kahani 2, Durga Rani Singh. I, like... 100% could not remember the plot of that film. I know it had something to do with like Vidya Balan's relationship with like a child she's the nanny of or something. Um, but I remember it was just like, I was, I was disappointed. Hmm. I was really, really disappointed and I've never felt like returning to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's, if there are defenders of Kahani 2 out there and, you think I should give it another chance, let me know. Please hesitate uh, to call. And then, yes, in um, 2021, uh, a prequel film that is set in the same narrative um, about Bob Biswas. Saswata Chatterjee's character uh, came out, although not with Saswata Chatterjee, but with Abhishek Bakshan. Uh, yeah, I fell asleep and never finished it, but you did. Yeah, I mean, you can listen to our year-end or mid-year, whenever we talk about that one, but... Uh, it kind of tries to make him into a, like a John Wick type character, yeah. Which I think is kind of the opposite of why he's interesting. Yeah. It tries to build up this whole mythology around this guy when you know, Saswata Chatterjee's version. I think what makes him so menacing is he's just a normal guy. Yeah, he's. I mean, this is such a good performance. It's the first time we saw Chatterjee. Mm-hmm. I don't remember having an, any issues with Abhishek Bakchan's performance. But I did, like, think, like, the whole, like, what we like, you've taken away what we like about this guy. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Apparently, there is a third sequel being planned. So, um, I don't, I don't know. Is this media franchise good enough to support four different films? I mean, in addition to two remakes and maybe an English language one? Connie is a really good movie. Like, But the whole thing is based on one mystery and, like. Yeah. Yeah. The story, the, the title is too generic. Yeah. 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 Do you want to set up the plot for us? And I guess we didn't necessarily put a spoiler at the top of this show for a film that's 11 years old that I think is incredible. I think it's pretty well known. It's pretty well known. It's I'll pretty popular. I'll try and talk around it, though. I don't think we're going to reveal the ending, but I guess we did reveal there is a twist ending. But I think you can kind of... If you know about this movie, you know that there's a <laughs> yeah, twist ending. Yeah, I think, ending. yeah. This is like one of the most famous twists yeah. in Bollywood, I would and, say. You know, I I see why I often see this film on lists of um, kind of Bollywood or Indian films for people who have you know never yeah. watched a Bollywood or Indian film before because it is like it's an it's a really fun watch. It's really well done. Yeah, um, and I think. It has amazing pacing. I think a twisty mystery is something that really translates well um, across different languages and cultures. And you know why that is, right? Why? If you're put into a situation where you don't understand all the rules, 
and that's the point of the movie, yeah. then you feel more comfortable. Oh, okay, Because yeah. you're just sort of like, well, I don't really get why the police in Calcutta wear yeah. white, for instance. But I'll just go along with it rather than just like, well, why is that? Like, yeah. if, you're, if you're deliberately questioning because you think the movie's, you know, it's twisty, you're going to let more things be receptive. Yeah, that's fair. But in general, I think, like, crime and mystery is just, it's a genre that translates well like that's and horror why. too and horror yeah but i think that's... horror fans are very like willing to just watch something new just because they enjoy horror movies yeah and i think but i think that's... actually both of our parents really just like any sort of mystery that they come yeah. across they're just interested in mysteries but i think that's why you get things like um you know like the departed which you know mm-hmm. is a hong kong film that then got remade in hollywood which now is getting remade in Bollywood, or I mean, the when we get to Johnny John, the amount of times that and the amount of languages that the Devotion of Suspects X has been yeah. remade in, or Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, right? Like yeah. Luther, that stuff. All sorts of British crime stuff is yeah. like remakes of other things, and yeah. I think it translates a lot easier than um, comedy or romance. Yeah. What I did not remember going into this is how much of an espionage movie it is, really. Like, yeah. it's kind of more of a spy movie <laughs> yeah. than it is a detective movie. Yeah. Okay, set up the plot for us, um, for those who haven't seen it or who, who need their memory jogged. So, Vidya Balan plays Vidya Bagchi, and yeah. they keep calling her Vidya Bachi yeah. with, <laughs> uh, with Bengali accents. Uh, she comes to Calcutta looking for her husband, Arnab who's been missing for a while. He's supposedly yeah. working at this thing called the National Data Center, but no one there knows who he is. She's come from London, and surprisingly, um, at, no po- at no point was Katrina Kef cast in this role. <laughs> and no, at no point was her accent brought up as here's a person yeah. from London. It's funny how that works. Uh, and she hooks up with the police to try and figure out where her husband went. Um, and she's pregnant. She's very visibly pregnant. She is very visibly pregnant. So Parambata Chatterjee is a cop named Satoki, who was Arjun's charioteer <laughs> and kind of drives her around a bunch too. Yeah. And they try and figure out what's going on. Um, and they kind of enter the orbit of uh, Nwazin Siddiqui, who I believe works for Raw. He's in New Delhi and he gets sent out because her investigation is kind of intruding on uh, some unfinished business that the spy agency left. Yeah. Uh, two years ago in Calcutta, there was a guy who did like a gas attack and killed 100 people on a train. Mm-hmm. And this is still obviously something the government's pretty embarrassed by. And he comes to try and figure it out. Uh, and the last sort of important character is Saswata Chatterjee playing Bob Biswas, who... I don't actually remember if he's named. If he is, they're not saying like, hey, Bob Biswas. Yeah, he is when he's, uh, because he is initially introduced to us when he's just kind of at his day job. He's getting chewed out at work because he's a bad insurance agent. Uh, But that's definitely a cover job and what he actually is (laughs) is an assassin. Yeah. So people will send him a picture of somebody and he has to go track them down. And uh, as opposed to Abhishek Bachchan, what's very scary about Saswata Chatterjee is he, he just looks like a normal guy. Yeah. Like he, he just has, looks like any sort of salaryman type character you'd see on a bus. He also has such an inherently kind face. Yes. He's inherently... He has like an inherently kind and unassuming demeanor. Yeah. And I think he works good as a vampire. He works good <laughs> yeah. as Jagged Jesus' dad. <laughs> that's what's so terrifying about this yeah. character. 
Um, and there's just a casualness with the way that he like you know carries out his assassin it's, assassinations. It's, well, he's kind of the comic relief. Yeah. Because like he'll he'll shoot somebody and be like, oh yeah, I guess she was wearing a wig. Well, close enough, <laughs> and then walk away. Uh, yeah. uh, there is a gigantic plot hole though, because he's mm. obviously hired to kill Vidya Balan, and um, he tries to kill her before he even knows who she is. Yeah, I know. It almost just feels like he's just screwing around with people because he's a psycho, but I don't think that that makes sense with the rest of his character. I know this is an issue for you, like, both times we've watched this. You've pointed this out, and I just... I don't know. I I think, like, there is information um, that is not always... Like, like, with any good mystery, not all information is being shown to the audience at all times. They and literally so text him her photo. Later, yes, I yeah. know. So I, I And know. I almost think, like... I don't have an issue with it. They this. just thought that that in, in the interme- right before the intermission, yeah. like, it looks like he's going to push her in front of a train. And I think they just like that scene so much, they're like, well, that's got to be the intermission. Well, that's an exciting place to leave off, and how's this going to work? And I guess it does kind of relate to... The fact that, I mean, I I think Sajoy Ghosh is a good director, but I don't always think that he's a smart director. I think sometimes, and, and we've seen this across, you know, many of his films that we've watched, I think sometimes he really kind of squanders, um, and we're going to get to this with Johnny John, I think sometimes he really squanders um, so much of what his films have going for them. Like, yeah. he, he spends so much time... Uh, Building, building the mystery. Yeah. Um, and and then and like, choosing so carefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little can con there. Um, but he, he's put so much um, detail and texture into that that when there's kind of something that feels unearned or something that's a little off, I think it really can kind of yeah. Um, it can that's what bothers things. me because the whole yeah. story is just super well told throughout but that one scene it just seems out of order yeah um but the the good thing about bob Iswas is like he's kind of old he's kind of (laughs) fat like he's not like a hitman in the traditional sense yeah which makes him scary but also he's kind of relatable like he's yeah he has to he has to run around he's kind of like dad bod i know but like you don't see characters like that that often yeah he's not trying to make a whole movie out of him was a bad idea he's not the peak of physical fitness like you would see in in a different film yeah okay i love this movie yeah this is a great movie It, it clips along like um a lot of things get introduced yeah but like it never drags and you never get too confused apart from that one part and it's just a rollicking adventure the whole yeah. time. You're ha- you're having a great time with your friends. And I really don't think that its its quality rests entirely on pulling off the twist. No, the twist because, is very cool. But if you didn't have all these good actors, then it wouldn't yeah, work. There are so many elements. Like having, like I said, this is the third time I've seen this film. I know what's coming. I you know, but I still think that this is like such an engrossing. And layered film. So first of all, the setting of Kolkata, which um, from what I understand made Kolkata like a popular um, setting for for Bollywood after the success of this film. And this is where Uh, we, I remember we watched this fairly early on in our Bollywood watching career and we kind of thought like, ah, Kolkata, the city of mysteries. Well, yeah, I think there's just like, there's the way that Kolkata is presented in this film. And I think we've seen it presented in other films, but this for me is like 
the quintessential kind of Kolkata film. Um, it's kind of at claustrophobic. Least, at least people. Bollywood, like yeah. outside of Bengali cinema. Like I mean, Jagat Jesus goes there too. Yes. Yes. But like for me, this is the quintessential Bollywood film set in Kolkata because there's just a way that like, dare I say the city becomes like a character in the film. Yeah, you, you, know, you won't I, believe this, folks, but I the am, city itself is a character. I am picture. 100% not the first one to point this out, but, yeah. you know, it's it's location photography, and mm-hmm. I think the way that Gauche um, kind of brings you into the streets and into the nooks and crannies, I think it's exceptionally noir. Yeah. I think that kind of the, the darkness that's around every corner even when it's brightly lit streetcars are inherently um, noir yeah. as, you, as you could tell from roger rabbit <laughs> okay but it's just like the the hustling and bustling city where like there's a lot of grit to the city and it's a city that doesn't care about you yeah it's a city that doesn't care about you and it's a city where people are like trying desperately to carve out a life for themselves like you just i think you get all that texture of the city, of its buildings, of its people, it's, you know, it's chai stands and the, and the kids who are, you know, working in these seedy hotels. That's the funniest joke in the entire movie. Running hot water. The, the, Um, the hotel that she stays at, the Mona Lisa, where Arna was, uh, she says, you advertise running hot water. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That kid over (laughs) there, he's the running hot water. You want hot water? He'll bring it to you. He'll run. Yeah. Like, Hilarious. And I think it's very smart that um, Ghosh uses um, the Durja Puja. Yeah. Um, in female revenge. Well, yes, like it it relates to the theme, but I also think it relates to that texture of the city. So I think it's also good I, that they go to the 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 sculpture painting mm-hmm. people. That's always a good image. And, yeah. yeah. So if you were to ask me to justify this film as noir, that is how I would do it. It's, I think... It's in a noir city. It's, it's urban jungle. Yeah. <laughs> the Asphalt Jungle, to name a classic noir. Mm-hmm. I think that is something this film does exceptionally well. It's also every character has their own angle on things. Like, yeah. I did say that you it... You don't know who to trust. Yeah, I did, yeah. I, did, I did say that it's pretty, like... It's a fun adventure, but like everyone's kind of got their own reasons why they're involved, and these yeah. get parceled out to you over the course of the story, which is a very film noir sort of mod- motivation. Mm-hmm. And as you already mentioned, the performances are excellent. This mm-hmm. is such a good cast, and these are all compelling characters. And at the center of it, Vidya Balan is giving one of the greatest performances I've seen in modern Bollywood. The hottest like, she's, she's ever been. More so than the dirty picture? I think so. I think Silk Smith... And uh, she's pregnant. Wow. I just think she looks amazing. She's glowing. (laughs) She she does. I I don't deny it. She just... She... She plays such a... Like, it's... It's layered. She's got a... Yeah. Like, it's it's that kind of mother archetype where she's really good with kids and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, she wants to find her husband. And uh, like they say, like, you know, she's, she's an inherently... A believable main character because everyone wants to help out a pregnant lady. Yeah. But it's just, I think the way that she balances, like, the strength and the determination um, that she needs to play Vidya uh, with the vulnerability of playing a woman who is 
pregnant and like visibly quite pregnant and yeah. waddling like a pregnant woman. Everyone just who, says like, obviously her husband ran out on her. Yeah. Who, yeah. So that vulnerability to play that character who goes to this strange city, like it's just, it's like, it's, it's a wonderfully, uh, developed character and she brings so much to it. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, and then I love what this film you know, kind of the way it, <laughs> the way it presents its themes about women's place in society and mm-hmm. feminism. And again, like very subtly just, though, too, like, yeah, it, it uses the Durga Puja and kind of yeah. how this is the, the night when men have to watch out. Yeah. It's I a think very, that's really, it, it doesn't beat you over the head with it, but it's there the whole time. Yeah. The female energy, like it's really like, I mean, at the center of this film is just like that burning fire of a goddess. Like it's just, yeah. oh, it's a beautiful film, man. So I, I, w- I would say that uh, Bidya Bakshi is kind of in my pantheon of um, eccentric PIs. Mm-hmm. She's not technically a PI, but she is trying to solve a mystery, missing yeah. person. But like you got Philip Marlowe in The Long Goodbye, yeah. feeding his cats, that kind of thing. And then you got... Um, Doc Sportello in Inherent Vice being mm-hmm. very high and uh, sad. She's always cleaning things. She's a bit of like a germaphobe. She's a germaphobe, but like she's good with kids and she's also a computer hacker. I mean, and also she's like, she's an unassuming detective. Well, again, because you know, everyone's going to believe a pregnant woman. They basically, yeah. it's a, it's like a genetic level thing of us. Like we should probably help keep this pregnant woman alive. For the good of the species. And noir and kind of the larger kind of hard-boiled genre. Are we calling hard-boiled a genre? I think it's a genre. Okay. Hard-boiled can be a genre. Um, It's not... Like, it can be very sexist. You know, women are... Mike Hammer. Yeah, women are gun malls or they're um, the dead girls. Femme fatales. (laughs) They're the femme fatales. Like, they, you know, they don't... They don't always, they're not always presented in the best light. They're, they're not either, driving the plot. Yeah. they're. Or they are driving the plot by being dead. Yeah. They're either there because they need to be protected, saved, uh, or they will bring you down or they're out to get you. I mean, there are yeah. kind of some exceptions. Mildred Pierce, I think probably being the big one. Um, that is a noir that actually focuses on the relationship between a mother and a daughter, uh, which is like extremely rare. Um, obviously, Sunset Boulevard focuses on a woman as well, but I wouldn't necessarily say she's presented in in a good light. It's also not um, noir, but Poker Face. Yeah. Another eccentric, fun detective who we like, and you know, very yeah. female-focused stories too. Yeah. So, and, and but again, like I don't, I don't think this. I think this film has noir elements, but ultimately I don't think it's noir, which is actually... I don't even think it's neo-noir. Exactly. I don't even think... I agree. I don't even think it's neo-noir, but that's actually fitting with noir because noir is an aesthetic. And so I think at times there are elements of the noir aesthetic in this film. Um, Streetcars. So, (laughs) sure. Riding on a streetcar at night. But point is, this film's approach to gender, I think is... uh, it's, It's... it feels like a powerful statement. It's refreshing. I love it. I really, I really love this movie. I think most people do. If you don't like this movie, what, what's um, wrong with you? You have a lot of explaining to do. I've never, I've, I've never spoken to anyone who's seen this film and doesn't like it. 
Street, I, street cars. Yeah. Jack and Jesus. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Angel's Flight in uh, L.A. was a classic landmark that they got rid of mm-hmm. and is in Los Angeles Place itself. Yeah. There's a, that was kind of like the Skid Row type district. There's a number of film noir films noir set in San Francisco. San Francisco. That was yeah. the other one. Yeah. I, know. I mean, the archetypal film noir was set in San Francisco. So, like, there's... <laughs> Do you want the poetic version? Uh, um, sure. You're on, uh, you're on someone else's uh, vehicle, and you have no choice of where it's going. Okay. <laughs> you you are uh, just along for the ride. <laughs> it's not like a car; you can't really make your decisions. You are just, you're just stuck on it. Okay. Quickly, Matt, yes. does the twist work for you? Yeah, hundred percent. It's a great twist. And I think this is a twist that the first time you saw it, you didn't see coming, because you're very good at calling twists. I I like to think I am, and yeah, the first time I saw this, I was blown away. Loved it. Yeah, so good. And, and on rewatch, I think we agree that like it holds up, and the film earns it. Yeah. Okay. I think so. It's it's a very fun and enjoyable thing to have happen. I think it's very cathartic too. Yeah. We didn't really talk um, about Nawaz that much. Oh. Uh, he's playing. Kind of like a prototype for a Menage Bajpayee in The Family Man. Just kind of like an annoyed yeah. an annoyed analyst whose job it is to clean up the messes of right, yeah. India's uh, secret services. And I think he does a great job. Yeah. He does a really good bit where he's kind of bossing all the uh, cops around and basically says like, yeah, you know, you, you Calcutta boys are out of your depth. You know, let's let New Delhi take over this one and, mm-hmm. you know. They're kind of, what do you do? He's, he's a federal. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. Okay. Good early role for him. I think Relatively gonna, early. I think we're going to go throw to Interval. Yeah. What a good movie. Yes. Uh, our Interval song is Ah Johnny John from 1969's Into Quam. But and also we'll from, from 20, Johnny John. 23's Johnny John. We'll explain why in a minute. Ah Johnny So that was Johnny John from Johnny John. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this movie came out this year on Netflix. You can watch mm-hmm. it right now. You can watch it right now. Also directed by Sugoi Ghosh and stars Karina Kapoor, Jaideep Alawat, Vijay Varma, and Saurabh Sachdeva. Great cast. Fantastic cast. Uh, cool location. Just Cal- like Kalimpong Kahani. Kalimpong in West Bengal. Mm-hmm. Just like Kahani, I think this like really nails the casting and i was really excited when this cast was announced you know sujai ghosh does have good casts oh yeah he's he's really good his casting director yeah they always find really good actors and interesting ones too not always who you would suspect yeah i agree so that's always the strength of his pictures yeah maybe less so um typewriter that was just a bunch of kids (laughs) uh but uh yeah his his films usually have really interesting actors Mm -hmm. Um, the name in the song comes from Ah Johnny John from 1969's Intiquam, as I said. Uh, and this is set in Kalimpong in West Bengal. So, uh, interesting location, too. Yes. I think one of the things that he's kind of 
learned from Kahani uh, is kind of, yeah, giving the film like a really good sense of place and, and, a, and a place for the mystery to unfold. And Budla being kind of a mountainy sort of No, Budla, hotel. like, no, the Budla was all over the, like, it's, it's well, that in, part of it that's in like the mountain hotel it reminds me of the best Yeah, but something. it's in like the UK and there's like a payphone in the middle of the forest. Or yeah, something. that was weird. Like, yeah. But the the actual sort of hotel that the main like mystery takes place at, that was good. I okay. forgot about all that other weird shit. Okay. Um, but anyway, um, also of interest about this one is it's based on a book that you read. Yes. So this is an adaptation of the Japanese novel The Devotion of Suspect X by Keigo Higashino. Uh, came out in 2005, and it has been a global publishing phenomenon since. It's been adapted in multiple languages. I first became aware of the book because I saw the 2017 uh, Mandarin adaptation of the book, also called The Devotion of Suspect X. And from what I understand, Johnny John has been released in other markets as Suspect X. Um, Makes sense. So they are not like, like this is a official... Adaptation. Oh yeah, we can get into the controversy. <laughs> um, and you know, like it's it it is it is on screen. And so you know, when I say I was really excited about this cast when it's an when it was announced, it's because I I had read the book recently and I thought like this was perfect casting for these characters. Mm-hmm. Now it is, I believe the the third in the Detective Galileo uh, mysteries. A person uh, who is not present in the film. Yes, that character. <laughs> uh, that character is like. There's a composite of two characters from the book in the film, which I 100% understand why... Is that Vijay Varma's guy? It is Vijay Varma. Yeah. Um, I 100% understand why they've done that, which I can explain later. Uh, but this was the first one adapted in English, and so I think is the first one that most people read. I have all the other ones that have been adapted in this English. This is the first book that was adapted in English. Yes, this was the first book of yeah. the Detective Galileo series that was adapted in English. Probably so I think because it, of all the movies and whatnot. Yes, yeah. and it won a ton of mystery awards in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think this is probably the first one that most people read. I do have all the other ones adapted in English, and I should um, I should get to them at some point. Uh, so I'm not on vacation. narratively. I'm not sure like how like obviously the Detective Galileo character like. Is so you actually have not read any of the other ones, so you you know him from the one book. Yes. And it seems like he's kind of an ancillary character in all of them. Well, there's he's, like a local cop investigating something. And he's then an they advisor. Have to I think I think the cop is the same in some of them, but he's, he's okay. generally like an advisor to because that's Sherlock Holmes' job the too. Central to the central detective. But that's like yeah. Sherlock Holmes' job. Like he's not a cop. He's sort of like a consulting detective. Yeah. And that appears to be what Galileo does. Yeah. Um, so the film was adapted first in Japan (laughs) in, um, 2008. Um, and I believe there was also kind of like a extension of, uh, a TV series that they have that's based on the Detective Galileo books. Mm. Uh, and then it was adapted in Korean as Perfect Number. Uh, there was a 2019 Tamil adaptation, uh, and there is supposedly an English language adaptation coming at some point. Um, who knows when? And yes, as you alluded to earlier, there was a bit of controversy around this because it was claimed that Drishyam, 
was a ripoff of the Devotion of Suspect X. Now, we talked about this way back when, when we discussed Drisham. At the time, I hadn't read the book yet. I had only seen the Mandarin adaptation. And I think at the time I said, like, okay, I can see where the similarities are, but I think these are two very different things. I've now read the book. I've seen Drisham. seen Drisham 2. And now I've seen the Bollywood adaptation of the Devotion of Suspect X. And sure, I can maybe see where some of the comparisons are, but I think these are very different mysteries. I think these are very different characters. Well, Drisham's not a mystery and at all. This, yeah, this, has, mean, this has mystery elements. There's, it is a bit. Like, yeah. you are trying to figure out, like, how he did it. Yeah. Um, but, like, and, I, would, and, I would say that, you know, Drisham, much more like... Of a family entertainer, basically. And also about how cool Ajay Devkin is, like every Ajay Devkin project. Well, yeah, like, I just, I think overall, like, the themes and the characters in Drisham are so different than what you get with with Suspect X. It basically has, like, uh, villainous cops, too. Like, the whole, yeah. the whole system is out to get this guy, and even though, like... We don't need to keep this in the spoiler zone, but both of these movies are predicated on, like, covering up a murder. Yeah. By, like, rehearsing a story really well. That is not... I don't think that is a spoiler for you. Yeah, I think they say it in the trailer (laughs) for this one. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, Drisham's very well known. They have been both, like, very early on. But but those are things that happen... There's, like, these instigating incidents of the films. But, like, Drisham is all about um, kind of... Sort of like the it's Joker. The li- it's like the Joker in the Dark Knight. Like, how cool is it that he figured out this way to trick the cops? I guess, that we like I him. I think it's also about the lengths that a man is willing to go to to protect his family. That too. Which I don't think we are like the, to call that the Liam Neeson. I don't think are the themes of Suspect X or Johnny John at all. No, these are pretty I, sad, broken people who are just trying to survive. There's a narrative element to both of these things that sure is similar. But I don't really think that you can say that Drisham, like, 100%, like, ripped off the devotion of Suspect X. Like, it's just, I mean, it's the same way, like, how all these musicians are, like, filing, or, like, the, the states of all these musicians are filing lawsuits against, like, contemporary artists saying that, you know, like, you've stolen from Marvin Gaye's estate. Yeah. Whereas, like, Elvis Costello, <laughs> asked well, about Olivia Rodrigo, like kind of said it best is like everyone's like borrowing and reworking things from everyone else and making it into their own things so well, i'm about to blow your mind here i think the drisham plagiarism accusations are personally i think they're overblown i don't want to spoil another movie that came out within the past 10 years but there's an agatha christie story mm. that is also quite similar of just like you know, we need to figure out a way in order for um, a murder to kind of go right. unsolved, basically, because this person needed to die. Yes, I and, know exactly which one you're talking about. And that book is very old, so yeah. it's not like Higashino or author of Drishium thought, thought this up to begin with. Like, there's been kind of people covering up murders Probably since there's been murders. Yeah. But, like, it's it's always been a popular way of uh, telling a story. It's not common, but, like, it's 
this is not the first one, even yeah. this one. So. And again, I think it, a lot of it comes down to how you tell the story, right? I think and the Drishim thing was just your... kind of good marketing of just like, oh, there's this super popular story that's been adapted a bunch of times. Ours is sort of like that, but it's got a twist. you got to watch it. Well, I think also, like, um, I think it was Ekta, Ekta Kapoor, um, one of the producers of John A. John. Like, she had the rights to the... Indian adaptation of the devotion of suspect X. And so then, you know, when she was maybe not beat to the punch, but you know, something else came out that, you know, was yeah. similar. Uh, you know, I think there was, I think there was frustration there. Anyways. What is this um, super popular story that everyone keeps making movies out of? <laughs> the last thing I need to say <laughs> is this is not the first time we have discussed the work of Keigo Hikashino on this podcast. Uh, and this is not the first novel of his that has been uh, adapted into a Bollywood film. Oh, interesting. Monica, Oh My Darling. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, another film that's available on Netflix that is 100% a neo-noir. And we both really like. That also takes its name from a song that yeah. Helen performs yeah, yeah. Uh, in an older film uh, is also an adaptation of one of Higashino's novels. So you're saying is there's <laughs> a few similarities? <laughs> um, no, actually, I think like oh, Monica, Oh My Darling, I haven't read the book that it's based on, um, but I think Monica, Oh My Darling and The Devotion of Suspect X are like really different. I do think it's interesting that, well, I think those are two completely different stories, <laughs> but it's just like, they're both on Netflix. They're both adaptations of books by the same, like, Jeff. Books by the same Japanese author. Yeah. Um, I think Kapoor should have got mad about that one coming out first. Because <laughs> I would say it's better. They're both neo-noir. Monaco and my darling, again, like, very much in neo-noir. And, like, they both, like, take the name of, yeah. of an older song that Helen performs in. I find that so fascinating. Okay. Um, so the, <laughs> that, I feel like, has been a lot of preamble to get to the plot of this film that I, I was very excited uh, to see dramatized again. Um, so as you said, Matt, it's set in Kalimpong. Um, Karina Kapoor uh, plays a single mother. She has a teenage daughter. She works at like a, uh, a lunch spot in town and she's like trying to get by. You know, yeah. She's trying to take care of her daughter, trying to support... Uh, her and her daughter, but like they don't really have the most exciting or interesting life. It's almost like she's on the run from something. <laughs> J.D. Alawat is her neighbor, um, and I would say probably like the most lead of the three lead characters. Yeah. Uh, and he is a mathematics teacher uh, at the local high school and like doesn't really have much to live for. He's clearly in love with his neighbor, but he would never tell her. He's literally introduced trying to kill himself, so, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, he has he has nothing to live for he's other a, than... He's a sad man. He, his, his, <laughs> yeah. his true love is math. Other than math and his neighbor. Um, so kind of the story kicks off when Karina Kapoor's uh, ex-husband comes to town and it demands money from her and her and her daughter. He he's, he's not a good guy. He was abusive. And her and her daughter accidentally kill him. Uh, again, 
Not a spoiler. Um, it's in the first Japanese minutes, mysteries yeah. are known to kind of set up that you know who the killer is already. It's not about finding out who the killer is. Often. It's like Columbo. And exactly, it's like Columbo. Uh, this brings uh, VJ Varma to town, uh, and he is a former uh, college friend of JD Balawat. Knows how smart AJ Balawat is, uh, and despite the fact that Karina Kapoor and her daughter have like an airtight alibi he doesn't trust them and thinks that something something is afoot he's uh, also Alibi, he also has to solve this crime a bit harder because the bad guy was a cop yeah which you say is not present in any other adaptation but i always I felt know. like he, 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 he feels like he's he has to solve this one because yeah. it's a dead cop um otherwise yeah. he could have just walked away yeah J.D. Balawat has agreed um, to, I mean, V.J. Varma doesn't know this, but J.D. Balawat has agreed to help Karina Kapoor cover all this up. So, you know, he yeah. he cooks up for her an airtight alibi, but V.J. Varma, he, you know, despite the fact that, you know, keeps pointing to it not being her, <laughs> mm-hmm. thinks something is up. Now... And that's the Drisham thing, because in F.J. Devigan's yes, film, yes, yes. he very exhaustively drills his family on how to create a perfect alibi. Yeah. Now, um... I know you're going to ask me, like, how this compares to the book. Um, Aaron, how does this compare to the book? <laughs> I did read the book a couple years ago, like, fairly early on uh, in the pandemic. I read it in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do not remember all of the very specific details. However, I'm fairly certain that the ex-husband was not a cop in the book. The book, also the book is set in Tokyo, so it's a more urban setting setting compared to to the film this feels more rural mm-hmm. uh more isolated i remember for sure. yeah. i remember the big beats but like do not drill me on very specific plot details because it's been a while and also the book is really internal yeah um it's really interior and so in order to do that the film has to kind of find ways to dramatize things that are happening inside of characters heads um and so here you have alawat and varma uh are like they they they're martial artists they practice martial arts and so i think that's a good way to kind of set up the dynamic between the two of them and the The cat and mouse game yeah the mental sparring that you have in the book to kind of dramatize it uh, Vijay Varma's character is a composite of two characters in the book of Detective Galileo, um, which is not the like that's just what they call him. He's a physicist um, of Detective Galileo, who is um, the the friend of the neighbor from back in college, and the inspector who is investigating the, the case. So the inspector kind of goes to Detective Galileo to like bounce ideas off of and tell things, and that's kind of how. Like the two of them yeah. are are kind of like it's kind of convenient in the movie that Vijay Varma is investigating this murder while also like his friend from college is just there. It is, but I mean, it's just as it con- makes more sense. It's just that- as convenient in the original novel that like well, I mean, Detective it- Galileo is his friend from college. Like, yeah, but I, like I would- the, the cop not being also the friend. I 100 don't have an issue with that. No, and it, I, it, it makes sense for the movie. Yeah, and I will say that the the Mandarin. Um, adaptation I saw also conflated those same characters. It is a very yeah. clear. Um, that's a very clear um, kind of way that you would adapt this. Yeah, yeah, like it's yeah. it makes total sense. However, I don't think Vijay Varma is ever. Like he never comes across to me as being like an intellectual equal to Alawat. Well, also maybe he's smart enough to not look like a big smarty pants and blow his own schemes maybe okay so you were going into this cold 
What did you think? Uh, I liked it. I mean, the idea is enjoyable because, um, you know, the Columbo style of showing a mystery is fun. Poker face style, if you watch that show. And also, um, it's, it's interesting to see someone put together like this sort of pretty sadistic plot, really. Like, it's, you know, you're always kept on your toes because you're not trying to figure out who the murderer is. You're trying to figure out how he's going to get away with it. Mm -hmm. And you're also on their side, too. This guy sucked. He's a terrible father. He wants to pimp out his daughter, basically. Like, he's a gross man. It's fine that he's dead. And we like Jai Deep Alawad. He's kind of a loser. But, uh, you know, we like that he's smart. And we're also... Mm intrigued by how how he's going to get away with this he's a tough teacher i love that he like yeah that's funny but his students seem to really respect him they're always playing this like game with him with a coin like yeah he's a he's very... paul giamatti in the holdovers basically um i think he's a bit nicer and softer <laughs> than that um but i i, I, did but li- I, well, I, I do like that he's like obsessed with math problems yeah. and like it's his only reason to live is that he wants to solve this one math mm-hmm. problem and also that he wants he wants people around him to be smarter. Like he's yeah. he's making all these tests difficult because he wants to have the kids be challenged in their lives. Yeah. And that's sort of what he's doing to the audience too. And yeah. it's it's enjoyable. Like I thought that kind of the ending was a little bit pat, but I enjoyed the mystery along the way of how they're getting away yeah. with this. So I like this setting a lot. I think uh, the sort of northern states mm-hmm. and sort of like spooky, misty, Darjeeling, Dalhousie, Kalimpong. Mm-hmm. You actually don't see that that often. And um, like you were saying with uh, Kahani, you know, the setting is an important part of yeah. the story. And murdering people in a misty moor is... You know, that's classic. The setting is the thing that, like, if I had to, and the cinematography and kind of how it's presented, if I had to defend, you know, like, discussing this film in our Noir Vember episode, because I don't think this is a new noir. Also, the only person who cares is us. The only people who care are us. (laughs) It's such Um, an academic distinction that we bring up every year. a lot of the things that I said about how Kolkata is presented in Kahani, I think, um, you have here, it's just, it's, it's Kalimpong and it's, it's, it is different here. It's using, um, the the mountains and the isolation and the smokiness to create that depth of, um, alienation and isolation that it looks like there's maybe six people that live in town. Like the way the setting (laughs) works here and the cinematography. I mean, I think both of these films are like exceptionally well shot and really well edited. Yeah. Um, I, I think the characters here are a lot more interesting than what you get in Drisham. I think kind of like the noble father going to any length to protect his family. Who also and owns like, a TV station. <laughs> yeah. Or even with Tabu, like, you know, the overprotective mother who, you know, sees her son as perfect and will do anything like yeah. that battle of kind of parents. Um, I don't know. It's, it's pretty... I think it's pretty typical. It's a very easy motivation for characters. Whereas here, I think Alawa is like, he is, he really has nothing to live for. Uh, He's, he's, he's he's, very obviously depressed. He's very obviously depressed. He's an unassuming man. And I think the relationship between him and, and Karina Kapoor, um, where there's like, there's like, 
kind of subtle tones of like unrequited love on his part, but it's never... She would never go for him. Yeah, it's no. never romantic. It's like Beauty and, and the Beast, kind of. And I think she brings a lot of a lot of depth to this role where she's just like, she's not the typical down on your luck, single mom yeah. trying to like get away from her abusive ex and support her daughter. I think like there's real, there's real layers to, to all of these performances. Vijay Varma, I think might be the weakest link. I feel like that character feels a little underdeveloped but yeah. maybe it's because I'm bringing kind of my knowledge of how he's a composite of two characters from the book well I would also say that the relationship between Jade Palawat and Karina Kapoor is also sort of noir because like yeah she's sort of playing it is, him actually. and, and he, I think he knows this but he's also just like I really don't have anything to live for I might as well help yeah. out this lady I'll like she might pretend that there's a bit of romance there but who cares this is my last ride there's also a nihilism yeah. to the film that is exceptionally noir. Yeah. Um, I think that relationship kind of seals it for me as, I would say that this is a neo-noir, yeah. if only for the fact that he's kind of got his own motivations and, uh, yeah. you know, she's, I don't think she's outright playing him. She would probably want help from anybody, but I don't, I think she's been completely oblivious to him the whole yeah. time. Oh, and, totally. Yeah. I, one thing that this, um, an element that this film brings that's new that I think is really successful is kind of the relationship between um, Karina Kapoor's character and Vijay Varma. And they have kind of this scene where uh, the two of them go to like karaoke night at the to local bar. To confirm her alibi. To confirm her alibi. And she performs John A. John. And I mean, a lot of people have spoken Under duress. Like, she does yeah. not want to do it. And a lot of people have spoken about um, about this, like, this scene in particular and Karina Kapoor Khan's performance. Um, she just, like, she brings such depth and subtlety to to this, like, yeah, she's performing this number under duress, but she kind of, like... Like, she's singing a she torch song. To, That's classic Yeah, norm. and yeah. she starts to get, kind of get into it. Like, it's just... And Vijay Varma's watching her. I just... I think that whole scene is masterclass. Like, it's done and so well. Varma is doing this, A, because he thinks... He keeps saying, like, your neighbor's really hot. Yeah. I'm going to date her. Also, I'm going to validate her alibi. Also, I'm going to make it really awkward for her so mm -hmm. I can try and break her. So, like, it is... Yeah. It's a really successful scene. Yeah. And it's really well done. I don't think he knows that Jody Balawat's got a thing for her, too, but it definitely no, sets Balawat off, too. Yeah. So it establishes a lot of tension and genuine anger in Jody Balawat. Yeah. So. The place where this film kind of loses me and disappoints me a bit is the reveal of the ending. Um, you, I mean, you already mentioned it. It is shown at the at the top of the episode that, you know, that he had tried to commit suicide. But I think, like, his motives and reasons for helping his neighbor um, feel a bit more like... His motive for trying to kill himself, very uh, interesting. Yeah, like, I'm trying to remember how all that was teased out in the book, but it felt a little like... I don't know. It felt a little like it was revealing that a little too soon for me in the film. Um, but if I went back to the book, I don't know, maybe it's at the at the at the start of the book as well. I don't quite recall, but I just... It's a hell of a I hook. Feel... Like, if one of your main characters is trying to kill himself, you don't need to say why, but, like, you're obviously very... Just, you're, you get interested in this guy right away. I feel like the relationship between... Or, like, 
Yeah, like, I like how the relationship is in between the neighbors here, but I just, I feel like it was missing a little bit, like, just kind of the way it reveals things. Um, I think it could have been stronger. The ending of the film is different than the ending of the book, I will say, but kind of the way it reveals some of the twists that are the same, I think, I think it kind of feels... It feels a little lazy here. It just kind of feels like, and here's the twist. They kind of wrap it up in like five minutes. They wrap, yeah, Gauche kind of wraps it up really quickly. It doesn't necessarily feel earned. And I and I didn't get that impression from the other adaptation I saw and, and the book I read. Like, I know I'm prepared for the twist and I'm looking for it. But it just felt a little perfunctory to me where he was like, well, I'm adapting this book, so this is the twist. So here you go. Well, I would say that this is where the setting makes the uh, likelihood of what happens a bit more tricky. Yeah. If you're in a big city, you could do things that being in an isolated uh, hill station town, yeah. you can't. I don't want to yeah. go, don't want to say more than that, but like that's where it kind of strains at the confines of the story. Yeah. I will say that I do think the twist has worked better for other people. And I, you know, I, I also fully admit that I had, like, I didn't I, catch it this time either. Yeah. So I was surprised yet again, Mr. Ghosh. But you also didn't find it satisfying. No. And it also, See, it almost fa- fairly, kind of feels like it was set up for a sequel. This is a fairly good test because we have someone who isn't familiar with this material and someone who is familiar with the tier material. And both of us found it a little wanting in execution. And someone who likes to find the twisted things. Well, and I just, I think I was disappointed because up until kind of, yeah, up until like the last 10 minutes, I think it's very strong. Maybe there's a director's cut or something like, because it's not particularly long either, but it does a great job with the atmosphere and kind of setting everything up. Do you know what I'm saying? Where like, it just kind of feels like it's a bit like, well, this is how the book finishes. So it becomes a bit perfunctory. Yeah, I mean... Even though, again, there are some differences that I haven't mentioned, but... I would have set it up earlier. Yeah. I would have put a few more things in play early on so that it doesn't kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah, I agree. But I do... I, like... I really recommend... still like a four out of five. Yeah. It's pretty good. I still recommend the film. I obviously recommend the book. Um, Yeah, I think, like, of all... Like, I haven't seen the first couple films that Sujoy Ghosh has made, but of everything else I've seen um, that he's directed, um, these are my favorites. And yeah. Yeah. And I just, and I really do love this casting. Like, when they announced this cast, I was like, those are perfect. The Dark Carnival didn't come back, so that's good. (laughs) Would you like to see him work with Ratnopathic again? Yeah. Yeah. I love Ratnopathic Shaw. Always happy to see her in a film. Happy, she usually does two or three of Happy November, lovers. Uh, we will be doing this again next year. We already have ideas of how we can continue to stretch this annual episode um, <laughs> to, yeah. uh, I don't know, stretch it to... It's breaking point? It's breaking point, yeah. yeah. Um, We're going to throw the book at it. We're going <laughs> to sweat it out. We're going to... We will continue uh, to try and fit a square peg in a round hole, but that'll be next year. Uh we, we will be back in two weeks with, uh, with something else. What are we going to be discussing, Matt? 
Well, it's not that far off. No, it's not that far off. We're doing some more Vidya Balan detective movies. Yes. In November 2, December Killers. So here's the thing. is We had like these three films where Vidya Balan is a detective, but I thought really only one of them had like some noir elements. Yeah. Uh, but I, we kind of want to finish the trifecta. So yeah, in a couple weeks, we're going to be doing Bobby Jesus and Niat, uh, which is a new film that's on Amazon. Uh, and like I think we had a lot of fun watching Video Bolan and Kahani, so I almost we always watch like watching Video Bolan. Like Yeah. Bobby Jasus is like a comedy. It's yeah. yeah. I haven't seen Niat, but I've seen Bobby Jasus. I forget everything about Bobby Jasus, but it is a comedy. I I genuinely think that she's one of my favorite yeah. Indian actresses. Yeah. So I'm happy to watch it. I'm sure I've seen a bad movie with her, but uh, you know. Don't remember yeah. off the top of my head. Um, this episode might be the episode that pushes us to 2 million listens. Uh, so thank you. Um, we will probably be doing something to celebrate 2 million. Um, so I'm not sure. 2 if, million questions. I'm We're going to answer sh- them all. I'm not sure what will come first. Um, our 2 million celebration uh, or this video balance episode. But something will be out. In a couple weeks. Right, you were thinking two million apologies. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Bollywoodforlovers.tumblr.com, Facebook.com slash Bollywoodforlovers, at BollywoodPod. On Twitter or X. And that's also what we are at Blue Sky. Yeah, I think so. You can just e- look in the notes. You could find it. You can email us at bollywoodforlovers at gmail.com. That's the best way uh, to find us now. That's we're we're actually paying attention to that. Uh, as it's approaching the end of the year, we're going to be starting to kind of get together our year-end wrap-up episodes. So if there's some films that have been released uh, over in 2023 that you think we should check out, maybe they're, um, you know, some of the hidden gems, let us know. Um, maybe there's another fruit-based so mystery that, <laughs> out there that we haven't seen yet. So that we can prioritize them. Uh, you can also subscribe to my other show that I do with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art and the Movies. We just released an episode. You oh, like about Blazing Saddles. yeah, about uh, Western comedies. So we discussed Blazing Saddles and Destry Rides again. Uh, while you're doing that, you can also leave us a star rating and review on this on this show. Um, if you leave it somewhere else other than Apple Podcasts, just uh, send it to us via that email address I just gave you, so we can read it out on air and give you your biffle points. We want to thank Becca Dalkey for our work. I think that's everything. Do you know who has the best alibi for anything? Tuffy. Tuffy. Yeah.